What's going on, fellas? Rob Carbone. You're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Let's go. night but obviously it wasn't the most toughest thing to call but it finally happened David Fisdale is gone and while it's not anything to be thrilled about it's something that absolutely needed to happen Mike Miller is in Mike Miller comes from the Westchester Knicks which is the Knicks uh, their G League affiliate he is, I don't know too much about him. I know only, only know a little bit. Um, I don't think he had too much success in college for Texas State and, uh, what, Southern California maybe. But I know he won the G League Coach of the Year in 2018. Um, as far as his system, I hope it's better than David Fisdale's. But from what I'm hearing, his offensive system is less isolation but not to a point where it's going to be a drastic difference. So I don't expect the Knicks to be to improve um, more than marginally. The you know the roster still sucks. Um, so what I do expect um, is just competence. I do expect them, or I want them to now give an effort every night and. To now be held accountable, and I hope not to see any more players play out of position, Julius Randle. Because <laughs> that, that, that was one of the problems with Fizdale. But, well, first and foremost, let's start with one thing. Can we stop blaming the front office and the roster that they built? Okay, it, first of all, it can be more than a single issue. Why can't we grasp that to begin with? It's a combination of things. Let's not only blame the front office and the roster they created here. Yes, I understand the power forward thing. We have about how many power forwards do we have? Yeah, I get that that's not going to work. I get that the way their roster is constructed, that it's not going to be a great team. I understand that. They were going to miss the playoffs. We knew that. They were going to be under 500. We knew that. They were going to be under 400. We knew that. But to tell me that you expected the Knicks to be this egregious and this pathetic, this abominable to be on pace for less than the amount of wins that they had last year when they tanked their way to 65 losses. To tell me you expected them to be worse this year, that's a joke. I don't believe that for a damn minute. No, no, no. 
So don't give me that scapegoat bullshit. Because there are coaches out there doing more with less. I look at the Magic last year. They didn't have a damn point guard and they made the playoffs. I look at the Hornets this year. They lost Kemba Walker, their franchise icon. And they're still playing more competent basketball than the Knicks. They were expected to be the worst team right next to the Knicks this year. They're playing 9-15 ball. That's 38%. That's a respected team, at least. It's a normal bad team, is what I'm trying to say. The Kings, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, these are all teams with similar talent level you know, as the Knicks, but they're playing way better. So it's not just the roster. It's not just the front office. You can blame Fizdale, too. The lack of accountability, the lack of effort and preparation he had for his team, the rotations that were piss poor, um, you know, the, the player regression, the non-existent system he had out there. It was a bunch of those things. So we'll start with that lack of effort and preparation. Eight 15-point blowouts this year. The most recent ones were by 44 and by 37. Back-to-back in the same week. That was unacceptable, and it was obviously the icing on the cake. The Knicks have eight 15-point blowouts to the Celtics, the Raptors, the Bucks, the Nuggets. They're all elite teams. Even if your narrative um, of a good team playing a bad team, even if you want to use that narrative, the Knicks have lost to bad teams as well. They've lost to the Bulls big time. They got beat by the Pistons by a ton. They got obliterated by the Cavaliers and the Kings on their home floor. So don't give me that shit. Oh, you're supposed to lose by a lot to a bad team. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not supposed to lose by 50 to the Bucks. Okay, if you put in some energy and preparation, you know, if you put in some, if you play with some urgency, you wouldn't lose by 50 to the Bucks and lose by almost 40 to the Nuggets. You lose by about 20 to each of them. lack of accountability. It's not like just one or two guys weren't showing up every night. No, everybody quit on David Fisdale. Everybody did. That's a coach's job to have your team prepared, fully prepared and ready to play. And he couldn't do that. A quarter of the way through the season, he couldn't get through to them. The effort was not consistent. And I know you can't put effort and hustle onto paper, but I did do a little research and the Knicks are bottom 10 in all of deflections, charges drawn, cuts, contested shots, and percentage of defensive box outs. All five of those things are effort stats. All effort. Deflections, that's an effort thing. Drawing a charge is effort. Contesting shots is effort. And boxing out is effort. Cutting to the rim. Cutting off the ball. That's effort. The Knicks are bottom 10 in all of those. And it circles back to accountability. Letting Julius Randle do what he wants. You know, giving him carte blanche. Isolating. With his tunnel vision. Playing point forward out there. Turning it over. The stupid spin move into traffic. Taking five, six, three-pointers a game at a 25% rate. Playing no defense. Terrible off-the-ball defense from Randall. He's never held accountable, yet he's in there every single night starting. 35 minutes a night. Bobby Portis, he's a regular off the bench, the first unit. Plays no defense, does not pass the ball once he's in that post. If he's on the arc, he's shooting that right away. Never held accountable. Dennis Smith Jr., 
The love affair I'll never understand. Guy gives no effort defensively. He dribbles the entire shot clock offensively. Yet, he's a regular now. Kevin Knox. Seems like he's the only one who was coached. Was it last week when he gave him a DMP? When he sat him out a couple of second halves? Why isn't David Fisdale, why wasn't he doing that for everybody else? Don't just coach one player, coach them all. And he didn't. He didn't hold everybody else accountable. No accountability. None. And then you look at the rotations. The unbalanced rotations. Just, you know, how many times do I have to watch Bobby Portis, Julius Randle, and Marcus Morris share the goddamn floor together? Last night, we saw Dennis Smith Jr. and Alfred Payton play together. <laughs> what is some of these rotations? Honestly, make me feel like I can go out there and do more. Why is Mitchell Robinson constantly thrown out there with terrible defenders where he has to do all the work? It's so stupid. These rotations he throws out there are just, I, I don't have a word for it. And especially, especially just combining that with the defensive scheme we had. How we'd have all these guys, all our guys collapse in the paint. Sag off on the perimeter ball handlers. Switch on every screen. So we'd rotate onto all these mismatches constantly. Especially with the, the, the size we have. We'd get all these mismatches on guards. Where we'd get, we'd get toasted off a dribble drive. So many miscommunications. Just a terrible defensive scheme. Why are we protecting the paint like it's 1990? Speaking of 1990. On the flip side. you know We have the Knicks top 10 in isolation. Why are they why are they frequently going into ISO mode? They don't have a superstar to do that with. The 10 teams above the 19s above the Knicks in ISO percentage this year, the Rockets, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, the Blazers, Melo, Lillard, McCollum, the Lakers, LeBron, the Nets, Kyrie, the Bucks, Giannis, Cavs, Pelicans, Thunder, Chris Paul, the Warriors, the, all, you know, all these teams have the personnel to do that with. They have the personnel to isolate with. But David Fisdale's isolating with Julius Randle, Dennis Smith Jr., and Marcus Morris out here. Why are we doing that so often? We have no system offensively. We barely pass the ball. We're bottom in the league in assists. We're bottom 10 in screen assists, bottom 10 in potential assists. Um... And we have all these big men. We never pick and roll with them. The Knicks are actually, uh, what is it? They're top 10 in points per possession when it comes to scoring with their roll men. Yet, they're bottom 10 in the league in PR frequency. Randall, Mitch, these great rim runners, Taj Gibson. We don't use them enough. But yet, when we do, we score more times than not. But we barely do it. We don't run the pick and roll. We go ISO. We play 90s basketball on both ends of the floor. And it's so damn hard to watch. Fizdale's system was a joke. Speaking of, how many times does he have to design a terrible play out of a timeout or in crunch time where the Knicks just completely fail and they look worse than they did prior to the timeout? Just such an awful system. You don't want to see that. You know, from a for a young team, you don't want a young team just playing free for all out there as individuals. No, 
And you, you wonder why players regressed so much under him. Well, there you go, right? Kevin Knox's defense is, has not improved. If, if anything, it's gotten worse. He's still inefficient offensively. Has taken a step back since the hot start. Alonzo Trier, for some reason, is out of the rotation this year. Dennis Smith Jr., as I mentioned, forgot how to play damn basketball this season. Frank Nielakina, he's playing the best ball of his career, but I give, I give Fizdale no credit for that because it, had a, it, it took a Dennis Smith Jr. personal tragedy. It took an Alfred Payton hamstring injury. It took an R.J. Barrett failed point guard experiment to get Frank Nielakina on the floor at all. Damian Dotson took forever to get him in that rotation, and he's still averaging about 9-10 minutes less than he did last year. Mitchell Robinson, still having foul issues. And when he fouls out of games, he puts his hand up as if he doesn't understand why he's fouling out here. Like it's not his fault. And David Fizzell never holds him accountable for it, never talks to him about it. For shit's sake, DeAndre Jordan had to coach Mitchell Robinson to play his best basketball of his young career last year when he came over here. Look at the numbers when DeAndre came over here. Mitch had 14 doubles to close out the last 31 games of his season, as opposed to just one double-double in the first 35 games. Or one 10-rebound game versus 14 10-rebound games. But yeah, you get the point. It's like th- these players are regressing because they're not being teached out here. They're not being taught, rather. But yeah, all of that, you combine all that together, the lack of accountability, the doing less with more on that roster, the, the lack of effort and preparation, the bad rotations, the lack of adjustments, a terrible scheme. You combine all of that together and you get David Fisdale being fired as he's supposed to. Again, yes, we know the roster was not going to be good. We know it was set up to fail him, but it wasn't set up for him to fail this bad. That's the issue. I look at the Cowboys in football. Jason Garrett has a talented roster, and they're playing mediocre. Well, the Knicks have a mediocre roster, and they're playing egregious. <laughs> that's, that's, I compare it to that on a whole different level, obviously, but it's, it's yes, it, it was a bad roster, but it wasn't a roster that was supposed to be this pathetic. That's why he's not here anymore. And that's why fans are happy about it, most of them. Unless you're a casual Nick fan who doesn't catch a game, who catches them here and there. Only people who can understand why David Fisdale is fired are the ones who watch you know, all 48 minutes of every game. I'm sorry. If you don't watch every single Nick game, every minute of every game, you have no right to tell me he's a scapegoat or anything like that. That's bullshit. No. Watch a game. I'm a big enough loser to, to where I've watched... Every minute this year. To where I've watched all 1,056, yes, I counted that correctly, minutes of the Knicks play basketball this season. So don't tell me, don't tell me I don't know what I'm talking about if you don't watch them yourself. Oh, because half the people calling them a scapegoat are either the media, which understandable, you have to talk to the guy every day, or casuals who catch a game every here and there, or just NBA fans who aren't Knicks fans and just say, oh, the Knicks are the Knicks. Guy's no scapegoat. He had many problems. Was he the only problem? Of course not, man. The Knicks still need to clean house at the end of the season. They need to get rid of Mills. Jackass gave Tim Hardaway a big contract after trading him. <laughs> they got to get rid of Mills. Of course. Of course it's not ending here. Of course it doesn't solve all the issues firing Fisdale, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. 
Small step, but a step. But yeah, I agree. After the season, clean the whole, you know, drain the swamp. <laughs> Mike Miller's probably not a long-term option here, and that's fine. Stop going in-house. I think you just have to go outside of your own system here. Just stop going in-house, and it's because it's obviously not worked. But definitely, definitely firing Fizzle was definitely the right thing. The Knicks don't have a firing issue. They have a hiring issue. Okay, so they have to fire their, their front office before they hire their next new head coach for next year. That's what they have to do. They cannot pick their next head coach before firing their front office. No. But for now, we're going to have to deal with Mike Miller, G League Coach of the Year a couple years ago. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. I don't know much about him. We'll have to see how he does. Mike Miller. But that's pretty much all I got. Um, got a little, you know, pep in my step today. I'm happy it happened, man. I, listen, I'm not that I didn't like Vizdil. I really wanted him to work out. I'm disappointed. I'm sad it had to come to this. And I wish him the best. I know he's a nice guy. He's a cool guy and all. But as for head coaching the New York Knicks, turning them around, I don't think he was the right fit. <laughs> it, it wasn't it. So it had to happen. Players quit on him. He lost the locker room. So whether or not, whether you know, whether or not you agree with anything else I've said in this podcast tonight, he lost the damn locker room, guys. That's the one thing we can all agree on. When you lose the locker room, when the players are quitting on you and giving up 30, 40 point blowouts every night, you gotta okay, you gotta cut ties. And that's where we're at. They did. And so we'll see what happens from here. Tomorrow night the Knicks are playing the Pacers. I'm pretty sure it's home at the garden. So I'm going to be tuning into that one. It's going to be interesting to see how the players respond. But like I said, just the one thing I asked for Miller is to have these guys compete. Have them compete and play hard. Because that's the one thing the Knicks have not done this year that's pissed me off the most. Because if you compete and play hard, you'll find yourself picking up a couple more wins. All right, guys, that's all I got tonight. Rob Carbone, BD4, episode 50, signing out. Ciao.